Hello folks, and welcome to Marvelous, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This week we're talking about the episode Truth, episode 5 of the series, series 1, probably the series. I'm joined as ever by Abby. Hello. And I'm joined by Laura. Hello! Okay, good. I'm excited! <laughs> A mix of energies this week, amazing. Um, Why are you excited? What are you excited for? Uh, Well, obviously to talk to you fine people uh, and everyone yes, else, yes. but... um. Finally, finally, an episode I liked. <laughs> uh, Abby, what were your thoughts on it? Loved it. Oh. Woo! Almost all of it. I mean, I have some thoughts and I have some questions. But when I sat down and watched it for the first time, I, at the end of it, was just like, that was great. That was... I'm really glad I didn't stop watching the show. Or okay. maybe I'm really glad the show has now started five episodes in one of the two well well my main thought is i wish this had been episode one yes now i i used to as a younger person more of an idiot like non-linear storytelling because it was interesting and it made you work things out and think about it how they all fit i have learned that it's a way of disguising poor storytelling <laughs> by sort of adding an extra layer that you don't need pulp fiction i'm looking at you um I would really have enjoyed if we'd had this, like, open with them fighting Captain America and breaking him to get the shield back and him telling people that he killed the person that killed their son and all this. And then going back and watching the episodes as we've had them and been like, oh, I can see that they started apart and now they've bonded and he's actually after Carly and he's lied to them on that first episode. I, I think it would have been more interesting and I think it would have gotten us into this series even more. Mm. But all of which is to say, I think it would disguise the poor storytelling we've had in the four episodes up to now. I I think I think you're right, but also I think if you knew what it was leading up to, how interested would you be in the journey? Because would you watch it all being explained, and then you get to that episode five, and you'd be like, "Well, did I really need to see all that?" <laughs> yeah, but how interested have we been in the journey? Well, yeah. an excellent point. <laughs> That's pretty fair, and and also this. You know, that question will probably hinge on how good episode six is. Mm. But you do need to have all your pieces in place so that your final episode delivers, which is where we are now. Kind of. It just, yeah, like... All the stuff that I think we've complained about, about not quite understanding why things were happening, people's motivations, what was happening with them, the the early focus on their own personal lives and then no focus on that since then, has delivered here... But I don't think it should have taken five episodes to, to deliver a second look at them. I'm still not entirely sure it has delivered. And, you know, I've, I've only watched this twice, the second time only just now. Um, but the thing is, I, I really enjoyed it. But I'm not sure if it is just really using a language I like mm -hmm. versus being something I like. I don't know. Let's explore what? that. Yes, explore that a bit more. What do yes, you mean? Yes, what does that mean? Well, to skip to the middle, um, you know, we've talked before about the supernatural uh, elements of the show, by which I mean the show, not the, you know, like incorporeal <laughs> beings. I was thinking, and... have I really missed something here? <laughs> not the ghosts and, okay, and whatnot. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But, um, you know, we talked about supernatural. I'm 99% sure that that's... <sighs> The thing is with Supernatural is it's all about family, right? And it, it's all about kind of closeness and 
Hmm. It's exactly the same music, and basically, if there was a filter, it's the same filter. And it's possible that this is something to do with American locations and things in which I'm not hugely literate. Mm-hmm. But it is the same as Supernatural, which is about two guys who are family. Um, and sometimes I think it's it's using soft focus and slow motion and certain music and certain filters as kind of a, a code for closeness that I, mm. I don't know if it's necessarily there in the characters. Um, and I think that we get wonderful character moments. I think that we get one or two really good conversations but it's like it, it 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 somehow feels almost in spite of the show at times there's these whole sections everything with the boat which you know if you if you just substitute baby for the boat that's a supernatural reference baby is a car um okay. <laughs> it works um and there's the whole bm sequence which again this if you haven't watched season 10 episode 5 of supernatural you won't know but the bm sequence is basically when men drink um together and then go driving because america i mean they didn't go driving but they did like stay the night together mm-hmm. um at home and that was nice so like it, it just has all these hallmarks of, of something else and it's very hard when you watch a show that plays on these hallmarks in every episode and you watch it for 320 episodes and it's in every single one and then you watch this Mm. other show that really leans into it for like a good 10 minutes of its penultimate episode it's really hard to separate that out so um i don't know i don't know how much i'm adding but it was certainly there it was very hard to escape and it both gave and took from me Mm. i'd be interested to hear from other fans of supernatural if they've seen that here, and I know we do have a few who listen. Yes, so, come and tell me if I'm know, making it up. Have you seen these shades, these echoes as well? <laughs> I we, we talked, I think, last time, maybe the time before, about the way the show uses the language of television. Yeah. and doesn't necessarily, or, or visual storytelling, mm. and doesn't necessarily do it very well. I, I feel I've almost fallen into a trap where I believe it has done it, but it's missed out, almost like the show talked about, it's missed out doing the work in the middle. The shield is really important. But we've never had a, like, here is why The Shield is really important. It's just, you've watched all these films and things about this, so you get that The Shield is an important thing. But they've never said, The Shield is a symbol for XYZ and means this to different people. It's just been assumed we know that. And at the same time in this episode, they seem to have bonded because of their experiences in the last few episodes. And I'm not sure they have, other than having a common enemy to fight. I have two notes on the shield. One of which is, um, Laura, after you're kind of enthusing about the way the shield moves and has character, I did note and enjoy that in this episode. Like, I did think Mm. there was something to to be appreciated. And also, I think you're right. The the shield is a symbol. I mean, I, I think... Carly talks as we talked about in the in the last episode about the shield as a symbol mm. and that and its importance um or lack thereof for her um so I think that's established but what I felt was really notable in in this episode was the shield is really important and it's not actually the government's and all these things about the shield but Walker's just got to bring it in sometime, like when he's got a minute. Like it's, it's a bit like how you have to give in your pass <laughs> when you leave a job. Yeah, like yeah. it's either really important or like if you just drop it by one day, you know, it'd be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like it's so important they don't know where it is. Mm. It's so important that this guy who is to be stripped of all benefits and will not get any 
anything, can just, you know, hand it into the nearest, I don't know. And Sam was able to bring it back into the States, I assume. Because it was in a record cover bag and... I'm pretty sure they'd look. Symbol bag. (laughs) Because it was in a symbol bag. (laughs) But... And he's a drummer. It's fine. Would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't chuck that as uh, check that as uh, hold luggage. Hold luggage, would you? No, this is my precious symbol. It's the best symbol. <laughs> <laughs> this is my most important symbol. The other thing, symbol, capable of capable of dashing people's heads in and chopping trees in half. But those are some indestructible crash mats. <laughs> <laughs> it just bounces right off them. Oh, Start that kept me laughing Start that tech. whole sequence. I, I think it might might be because you, Laura, have talked about the shield as a symbol and what it means to you having seen it through all this. I don't feel... That the, the shield is really similar to the One Ring in some ways. Mm-hmm. It, it is a massive MacGuffin that drives a lot of all this stuff. We've never had the Counts of Elrond or Kate Blanchett telling me she feels it in her waters about the world changing. Just something explaining the history of this thing. We've never had a montage of people loving it and wearing it on t-shirts and things it's just assumed we know it and i don't think necessarily all the audience does see it in that way episode one when um sam is at the smithsonian mm-hmm. and handing the shield over to them as a museum piece there he he's talking i just think the shield and steve are synonymous the the shield is steve Mm. It's symbolic yeah, yes. of Steve, and I think, mm-hmm. and I think the way them Bucky said a number of times when he's been complaining to Sam about giving it up, he said about how important it is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, what it represents. It represents Steve, etc. Um, and then in this one, which I really like, is we then get the other side of it and what Isaiah thinks it um, it represents. So I think, I think it's been clear enough. Okay. I'm not coming from the idea. You know, this is the first. This isn't the first MCU thing I've ever seen. No, and, so. and like you know, we've we've watched the same and have a lot of the same background with it. I just, mm. like, I, I think I've got the thing that I see as a representation of Steve Rogers, Captain America, mm. and anyone who takes it, it will now be a different thing. But I think the show wants us to believe the shield is a symbol of American righteousness around the world, American protection, something you know, something larger than that, the man and the thing. If you compare it with the hammer, with Mjolnir. And mm-hmm. and the approach that Marvel takes to that, where it really has a, a character of its own, and and it's not synonymous with Thor in the same way. You know, it has inherent qualities, and its own inherent story. Someone else picking up Mjolnir was an important thing. It's meaningful, yeah. What it meant about that person, it imbued power just through its presence. And, and the object conferred that upon him. Yeah, the the way Bucky and other people talk about the shield, they're trying to imply it has that, and. I'm not sure I've ever seen it, but particularly what I'm circling around to is the bit where in that opening he says, you know, it's over, Walker, maybe they'll take your record into the thing. You've got to give me the shield. Yeah. And I'm just watching it going, why? Why does he have to give you the shield? Well, it's not his. Not whose, which is? It's not Walker's. It's more Walker's than it is Falcon's at that point. Depending on who you ask. It was... I mean, I think I mean the, thing, the thing also uh, is it's a it's a deadly weapon that he has just killed someone with. Is it so a deadly weapon, or of... a, I mean, like a brick is a deadly weapon, you know, depending on what you do with it. It's a shield. I think it is in the hands of someone who knows how to use it, which we've seen Walker mm. 
Mm. And I, I don't mean the way he used it as a cutting implement, but I mean, you know, we know he knows how to use it. And yeah. So there is the element of it's um, taking him down slightly in the sort mm-hmm. of danger levels. True. But I, I, th- I don't think that's the main reason they took it off him. I think it is a case of um, but it I is want... the capital T, the capital rep- T, capital S. Yeah, it represents something. Yeah. Yeah. And and they want that thing back. But I I don't know. I think this whole series has been about how the shield represents something. Otherwise, why would Bucky mm. been so upset? Um, I think, they, I think they they've never given me off. that thing of what it is. But but that's that's my complaint with it. And perhaps because I've watched it as it's it's Steve's shield rather than it's a shield representing. Mm. I suppose Captain America. What it hasn't, what I haven't really thought about until now, and we've been talking about this a lot, is the idea that that there should be a Captain America, and that that is what Steve was doing, and that mm-hmm. you know we've been talking about the show as becoming a Captain America, but like Captain America was Steve. <laughs> and I thought that cap is back and, and after what you said, Laura, about how um Walker was Captain America and not Cap and Steve was Cap. And then we yeah. see this cap is back post that was really jarring, I thought. Yeah, I found that jarring. I thought that was really interesting. And and I guess the question is, you know, do we need a Captain America at all? Well, I did wonder if that might be the way that the um the series was gonna go, which would be very brave of them to actually retire it. Mm. Um I mean, commercially, you don't see them doing that in the same way that they're not going to retire the Iron Man suit. You know, we've got Ironheart coming up and also you've got Armor Wars, so Rhodey's got an Iron Man type suit. Mm. But, I mean, I think that would have been incredibly brave and really interesting if if Mm. in the end it actually had been that um, Sam had decided that he agrees with Isaiah and that, uh, you know what, this isn't something that we need in this current world uh, and and basically um rejecting what the senator was saying in at the end of episode one where he was saying well we we love the heroes that look out for the whole world but we need one for our country um rejecting that and be like no heroes are for everybody type thing yeah which i don't think i'm gonna see and then we've also got kind of what isaiah says about about it about how they're not going to let a black man be Captain America and no self-respecting black man would want yeah, to be, I think. Absolutely. Is, is what and the idea exactly. that, yeah, and the idea that it's it's um, it's a legacy that's polluted. But also still talking about that idea of being a Captain America and, and as a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that you can you can really see in the kind of in his delivery kind of the conveys the way that that role is is sort of mythical but it's somebody else's mythical it is not Mm. um it is intangible and it is not for him explicitly tied to steve which given his experiences and the many other super soldiers that he knew yeah is not surprising so Mm. i think having that kind of plurality of super soldiers in his storytelling Mm -hmm. um does quite well as well to de- Steve, the um, the yeah. idea. I think what I would like is that it gets a, a respray. I don't think it's going to. Um, but yeah, so perhaps dial down the stars and stripesness of things. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's still called Captain America. So not a lot of getting away from that. But, yeah. uh, have have either of you seen the whatever he has been given from Wakanda? 
No, but I have okay. seen the Falcon toy. Not Falcon toy, sorry. Okay. Whatever. Sorry, that wasn't me knowing something. Okay. Um, I have seen Sam's character's toy. Okay. I, I have not, but I have seen comments that it's been on shelves for a while. Yeah. So I wondered if either of you had seen it coming. And, and it, it's hard because I kind of want to speculate, but I know there is a thing out there about it. Like, I, I would love it to be representing the African-American experience, being some blending mm. of that African heritage that the Wakandans might be able to bring to it. I suspect it's not. I suspect it's a vibranium Black Panther-esque suit about stars and stripes. Uh, that would be interesting to say. Yeah. I've not I don't looked want you at, to say. No, no, just and to... also I've not looked at it in detail. I literally, <laughs> mm. it was another thing, I scrolled past a picture. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm. God, scroll quicker. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, okay, so what do we think is in the box? I'm, I'm expecting something like what Black Panther wears, but doing, okay. you know, blue and red and white. Um, in Maybe not in that order, maybe red, white and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my big hope is that it doesn't completely cover his skin. If skin colour is supposed to be important to it, for him still to have the cowl helmet thing. Yeah. So we can still see it's him. Yeah, rather than the Black Panther thing of you just can't see Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, suit. yeah. Yeah. No, or, yeah, or I like would hope the not. Iron Man suit or something, yeah. And also, I think the thing is, Sam's humanity is so, mm-hmm. and, and Steve's before him, is so mm. key to the character that I think you need to be able to see him. And particularly, I'm sure he's going to be reasoning with people and all that kind of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference. And I know the Black Panther suit; they could turn it on and off. But um, but yeah, I agree. I think it would be it would be good to have him um, exposed, mm. so to speak. But if it is a vibranium suit, that does also solve some of the issues around the fact he's not powered. Absolutely, it's um, a very useful thing. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> so, do you think we're getting wings? No, I didn't. Because I'm expecting Torres to take the wings. And, ah, and... that's interesting. Are you? Yeah. Yes, because he gave him the wings. Um, yeah, I Torres... don't... I uh, we'll talk Torres in a minute. Okay. Yeah, I'm not... Oh, I'm not sure whether we'll see Torres in the next episode with the wings. Okay. Possibly briefly, possibly him controlling Red Wings, something on those lines. Um, but I'm expecting Torres to become the new Falcon at some point. Mm. Mm. I think they might be teasing us on that. Okay. Uh, we've skipped over that opening fight. Yes, I, I think I think neither of you are hugely into the kick kick punch punch of oh, these shows. In I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's true. I'd say I've not been into the kick kick punch punch of this show, but I like it in theory. I like yes, I like a, a good fight it. scene, yeah. but they haven't given me meaningful fight scenes very often. I thought this was a bit better. Okay, yeah, it had a point. I like so. There's two different types of fight scenes. I like the kind of balletic Black Widow type. Uh, where it's it's beautifully choreographed and it's more mm-hmm. like a dance, um, mm-hmm. or, or and or the ones that have big emotional stakes. And this okay. was not particularly balletic, but it felt the yeah I felt the emotional stakes, and I mm. was a little worried for Bucky at one stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really did demonstrate Walker's power. You know the the serum combined with his anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the fact that both of them had trouble getting that shield off of him. If you think how experienced Bucky is in yeah. uh, dealing with people, uh, as well as mm. having the, the serum, uh, I think it, it helped to set him up as a threat in the future. Mm. Yeah. Um, and just adding to him feel, you know, him being even further broken in spirit and what have you. Well, not really broken in spirit, but... Desperate. 
further humiliated, okay, I guess, and yeah, the desperation. Really, I thought the desperation really came across. Um, mm. And I really liked Sam in, in the sequence before because we've sound, seen Sam try to do a lot of de-escalating and it, it doesn't generally go well <laughs> and he doesn't ever really get to finish. Um <laughs> <laughs> for Sam in these in these scenes where he is constantly trying to just kind of not have to fight people. He he works very hard mm. not to have to fight people, which I think is a nice attribute of somebody who's going to follow Steve mm. Rogers anywhere. And I like that he did that a couple of times in this fight. He tried to, yeah. and, and, you know, if they continue that and they, they note it as part of the character, great, here for it. And I like that they've established mm. it in in a few different ways as well. Like his first instinct is always negotiation. You know, it's always conversation, mm-hmm. negotiation. Well, can we think mm. about this differently? Can we do something outside the box? And I think, you know, by this point, I am pleased to notice some some character based consistency. I guess um, that that's textual, mm. and I think that that's something that's really Absolutely. come through with his character that I I like. I agree. Uh, are we supposed to see shades of the? Thanos Titan fight trying to get the glove off his hand because I felt I did the bit where they're trying to pull the shield off at the very end in fact where they where they do break him it, it called to mind trying to get the gauntlet off Thanos and I wasn't sure Same whether it was maybe mm, possibly now you mention it yes I could see that but it wasn't something that came to mind okay okay but that doesn't mean that wasn't intentional hmm and and I think the thing making me think of the One Ring was there's a bit in that fight where the shield does drop between Sam and uh, Walker, mm. and it drops and has a slight roll to it. And I'm like, I wish it dropped like the ring; it just went thud. <laughs> and Almost didn't like move it. You know, give give the yeah, give the object mm. weight. You know, and that and it helps sell the thing to well, it. Well, I suppose we know something about the characteristics of vibranium and and how it. It's meant to be very light. Yeah, it? springy. Mm. Mm. So. I don't know, but I know what you mean. You you sort of want it to do something unusual. Yes. Like, come to Sam when he calls it, that kind of thing. Like a whistle. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> like like Mulmore. <laughs> okay. A lot happened in this episode. Really a lot. You know, you know get, getting the shield is the bookend of it and dealing with, with, with the shield, but there's a lot in the middle. Do, you, do either of you have anything you want to just pitch straight into? Can I just have a couple more general things before? Mm. So we were talking about TV grammar before, and so mm-hmm. I've then been paying attention. And I did, I this weekend I did go back and watch all of the others as well. Okay. Which. I'm sorry. It was fine. But, you know, I was, I was double screening the whole time until I got to this episode, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And, um, oh, you've had to watch like six minutes of that island. <laughs> I may have fast forwarded that. Which which does not work when it's coming off. Captain America's killed someone. And then you dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there was something which in this uh, this uh, episode I was like, oh, is now I'm starting to question some of the direction Ooh. as well. Um, which, given it's a female director, I'm really really annoyed at. But um, which is not fair on her because she also should be allowed to not be great at things. Um, so the slow mo. In this episode, I just, it was so weird. It was in really weird places. And then when I went back and watched the others, there are a couple of places where there's weird slow-mo then as well. Interesting. See, I, I really, the supernatural reference really helped me through the slow-mo, which I saw a few people mentioning, but. 
I can't remember any slow motion. Is it just like scene setting? It's like Bucky walking. Shots? You've got yeah, walking. Bucky walking out to the boat to see Sam when he's doing the work early in the morning. Oh. And the music as well, and it, it's it's as if the kind of slow mo and the music. It's as if it's it's that kind of we're going into battle type slow mo. Do you know mm, okay. we're going to go and? Oh, that's interesting. That is not what Supernatural does with it. <laughs> no, Supernatural does settle and cozy. We're together, family, meaningful, slow motion. No, to me, like <laughs> the MCU language, at least I think, is like we're Preparing for yeah war. we're walking towards something. Yeah, either it's going to be you know if it had been Walker walking into that hearing, mm-hmm. that would have made more sense to me. You know. And this is not the first time you've talked about certainly the music choices. Yeah. I think all of us have said this at some point. The music choice is just not quite fitting the emotion you want. Yeah. So mm. there was, yeah, he was walking out to see um, Sam on the boat. And then after they'd had their, what I thought was actually a very good conversation, um, and then they're parting ways and they're walking mm. away from each other, then that's in slow-mo as well. Okay. And I just thought... I, I don't know. I found that weird. Um, and there was something that I remember partly through us recording uh, last time, but then someone said something interesting. I forgot about it. But <laughs> I remembered again when I was editing. It was Abby. Sorry. <laughs> Say, <laughs> saying something interesting, yes. Uh, and uh, and where I'd said previously about the dialogue and that the banter felt really strained. And what I'd uh, wanted to mention is that I listened to an interview with the director, Carrie Scogland, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And um, and she was saying that they did a lot of improvisation between the two of them. And I think that explains a lot of it. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> wow. Um, because Ooh. like one of the one of the things that had led Feige to want to put these two together, as well as yes, what we saw in Civil War in the car, um, but also was the two of them were paired quite regularly for interviews, and they appear to all intents and purposes to be good friends now, and there's a lot of banter between them as actors in the interviews, and that they then wanted to bring that into. So actually, the writers watched lots of their interviews to try and pick up how the banter worked. And then they did a lot of improvisation, and that's where the banter came from. And I just, I think that's not how you do writing, because I think what's what's really important to remember is that they are in fact not Bucky and Sam. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. Bucky and Sam are very serious characters that they play with a lot of seriousness. Yeah. So ask them to get into that headspace, and then, I mean, they don't yes and each other; they know and each other. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're not offering different things. They're just offering the same joke. Oh, that explains Mm. many things. Mm. And I've um, wanted to be very prepared. I also listened back to our episodes. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, I I had lots of interesting things to say. I don't know about you lot. Um, (laughs) You fast forward that. (laughs) Obviously, fast forward that. In fact, I didn't even listen to the episodes. It was just my audacity track. I listened. (laughs) Anyway. And we're really inconsistent about when we talk about the writing. You know, we say, um, oh, the writing isn't great on this. And then we talk a lot about, well, this scene was really good. This scene was really good. This scene was really good. But thinking about it, I think it's, you know, when you talk about it, you talk about, oh, the writing was a bit uneven on this series. And for me, at least, normally that means this episode was really good. This one was a bit, oh, this episode was mm. really good. But for me, this feels like the writing is inconsistent within episodes. Yes. Yeah which I don't think I've really come across before, or at least not in not a series much. I've paid as much attention to. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but there might be a bit of an explanation for that. Have you guys heard about the virus rumour? No. So it's not been confirmed, but there's a rumour that there was a very significant storyline with this within this series originally about there being a virus. Oh, oh, that is ringing a bell. And it had to be massively rewritten because mm. people basically, quite sensibly, I think... That's why they got the vaccines. Well, potentially. At the beginning. Potentially. And then there's... I think I remember this. There's also um, mm. issues with... Uh, when you're talking about all of these displaced people, if they're infected, yeah, there's potential for them being infected. That would be more of an issue of them being moved. Um, and Donya, Mama Donya, Donya, Ma, I can't remember what they called her. Mama, Mama, Mama Donya. Donya. <laughs> that would also explain how she managed to die of tuberculosis, if perhaps it was meant to be something else. But it's kind of voiceovery. It's mm. the way that it's. Mm. I, I remember how thinking that was odd. The way that that was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, you know, and if these poor mm. people have had a whole, you know, beautifully crafted and then they've suddenly had to rip out and come up with other things, I don't think it explains everything, mm. but I think it could it could point to why we've got that unevenness. There's, there's another thing that's making me think of, another bit of unevenness, and I'm going to jump us to the massive MCU cameo in the middle of this, that character that we loved, that we're so excited to see turn up and find out all about them. I mean, we love Julia Louise Dreyfus at the best of times, anyway. So it's kind of cool her being in the MCU. I mean, who said this about how much we'd we'd love to see the cameo? Because it is a big cameo, in a sense. They, yeah, if... they didn't talk about the actor necessarily. They talked about it being a big character reveal. And but, that, but and that's yes, what I mean. Is. It is a big character. It is, yes. And, and in in an alternate timeline. Black Widow would have come out yep. six months a year before this, and we would have had an interesting thing with this character, and then be like, "Oh, she's up to mischief. Oh, interesting stuff. And now it's like, that was a weird scene. Oh, I didn't think it was a weird scene. It still worked for me. No, I didn't. Yeah. It still works, but it, it stands out as, oh, oh, for me, oh, good, another thread in this show. That's what this show needs. Another plot line. Yeah, that wasn't... But I felt like that was for the future. I I didn't feel like that was for this show. And honestly, I felt like they were kind of wrapping up Walker, almost. Like, like I feel his work here is done. Mm. That's one of my questions for you both, is do you think we'll see him again? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because... I I wouldn't say so many years, but... (laughs) Just the two, yes. seen spoilers. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'd go for 1.5. Oh, no, that's that's to be clear as well. All of my Ooh. conversation about I, I don't want to talk about it because I've seen the trailer. That is all. All of that was. Um, oh, cool. Them coming back it, to it America. It was them practicing with the shield. So I knew okay. that he got the shield back. That's oh, what cool. it was, but I didn't. Okay. Um, no, so, that makes sense. Contessa Valentina Allegra di Fontaine. Mm. I love her. I want to see right. so much more of her. <laughs> right. I'm like scrap everything else. I just want to see her. You. Yeah. Oh, really? Did you not? Oh, interesting. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just. Oh. <sighs> I'm gonna, I, know, I just felt a bit tired more. when she arrived. I just thought, oh, I know people like you, and <laughs> just uh, maybe it was maybe it's because the first thing in the morning, and I was just like, you know what? I haven't got that energy at, at this time of day. I haven't finished my coffee. Like, come back at twelve, and we'll see how we're going. Bring a gin next time. <laughs> I, I'm sure she would. <laughs> I don't know that we've really got character like that in the MCU. Okay, okay, hand up. Is Matthew, it you, Matthew? Matthew, you have something to add. Nick Fury. 
Yeah, she's going to be great that's, with Nick Fury. No, that's how Nick Fury behaves. Walking in, dominating the scene, thinks he's smartest, mm. most in touch, most knowing person, a little aside, and then walks out of a scene. But she has a whole thing with Nick Fury, right? In, yeah, in the comics and everything. So I think, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is deliberate. I think it's that same energy for a reason, and I think putting two of that same energy in, I think we'll all need some mm. gin to get... Well, we've got Secret Invasion coming up in the series. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, and mm. I have done a lot of reading about her, my usual Wikipedia reading, oh, um, which I'm not going to go into all of it, but... Um, well, how much do we want to talk... Do you, do you want me to talk about what I've read or not? Matthew doesn't want me to talk about I want you to talk fairly obliquely, because I think, I think people listening might not know much about her. Um, I think we don't know what well, we we're don't know because the thing is she her. might no. not necessarily follow what's been in the comic because no. the MCU there would be no. different I mean, versions you know, of her and if anyone listened to our WandaVision podcast <laughs> where we speculated heavily on okay. many things that yep, were not okay. Okay. So if that's you a don't, very fair point can we say if you don't want to hear Skip a few minutes yeah Yeah. so Matthew I'm not going to ruin things for you that's... okay cool so she sounds fascinating <laughs> so mm. she is a triple agent um, Double is not originally enough. Originally <laughs> believed to be Italian um, aristocracy. Uh, aristocracy is that the right word? That sounds wrong. Okay, aristocracy. Um, who was then trained by Shield after her parents die? Then turns out she's actually a Hydra agent. Turns out she's a Leviathan agent, the Russian version of Hydra. Um, and yeah, and she's uh, known as Madame Hydra. When she's with Hydra. Uh, and Leviathan was a big thing in uh, Agent Carter. That was the baddie in Agent Carter. Okay. So. Oh, I never got far enough with mm, Agent Carter to notice yes. that. So definitely in, in season one, that was the uh, the big bad. Hmm. Because Leviathan is a, a major criminal organization in DC Comics and has been in Supergirl for a couple of seasons. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, so Soviet-based... Mm. Huge deal in Supernatural, by the way, I'm just Well, Leviathans. Mm. Yeah. So it was the Soviet SSR equivalent uh, and S.H.I.E.L.D. equivalent, and but now it's more kind of Soviet-based terrorist organisation. Okay. The Behind the uh, Black Widow's Red Room, which if she was going to have been in Black Widow, then it would suggest she might still be Leviathan. And then I started really thinking about it. At the beginning, Batrock is from some organisation called LAF, which has no equivalent in the comics or that anyone could find. Leviathan, Leviathan Aquafina. Something, something. Mm. <laughs> Aquafina. <laughs> or Leviathan à la Fontaine. Outre mm. Fontaine. Mm. So anyway, yeah, I went down a massive rabbit hole there. But great entrance. I want to see more of her. I think Julie mm-hmm. Louis-Dreyfus is inspired casting i don't really know a lot of her to be honest having not seen okay seinfeld or v um but i just yeah i really loved the energy do you know that's interesting i haven't watched either of those shows either mm. you're just kind of aware tried, of her I, yeah i've seen her in like arrested development and in film roles yeah. and things and always been gosh she's excellent yeah. she's just so interesting mm. she is this series as Catherine hahn but just a bit late Mm, but yeah, so. I don't know how much we'll see of her in this series, but I think she's going to mm-hmm. be something big in uh, the MCU. Okay. But you think we will see Walker in the next episode? 
did you watch the post credit scene? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, so in the post credit scene, he's building his shield. Mm-hmm. Crappy shield because it's not vibranium. Um, <laughs> That's a freaky shield. His <laughs> uh, Crapton America shield. Um, and again, I can't take credit, but I really like that. Um, and but also then the scene with Lamar's family. Mm-hmm. And when mm. he lies to them and says that yes, the guy that he killed was That's uh, fair. Mm-hmm. was the the person who killed Lamar, um, and them saying his uh, I think Lamar's mother saying oh, I can't remember mother or father saying um, basically they're they're resting easier that knowing that they're the mm. killer got the just got the justice, and then they focus in on Walker's face um, as they say as they say that, and I, mm. I think he says something along the lines yeah he doesn't quite say. I couldn't have not, I couldn't rest without or something. There's something along those lines, and you just start thinking, yeah. he's going to go for Carly, I think. That's that's fair. There is an unfinished storyline there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. I assume that scene was um, almost sort of a setup for what we will surely have with, with Bucky returning to say sorry <laughs> to uh, the man hmm. whose son. Yeah. You know, completing this the scene from the first episode, I assumed that we'd have. No, I think that, that, that would be happen. sort of another. The other reason um, is when we then go to the Batrock conversation with um, Morgenthau, and she says, um, "George, referring to Batrock, gets his payback, and we get a killer." Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, who the hell's the killer you're going to get? And I think the only person it can be is Walker. So he is going to yeah. come to this equation somehow. I don't quite know what that plan's going to be because they don't know he's going to be around. Mm. So I, I have, I have, I can't, I can't hold it any longer. I'll keep bringing her up. And I think this, this Morgenthau business, I think she is really dumbed down by the writing in this episode. And I started to get very angry mm. with everybody who talked about her because all they did... Well, firstly, they told me how hidden she was and how great she was at hiding and how amazingly hidden she was. She's sitting on a bench <laughs> drinking coffee. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> like That is like place one that you look and, at people in the world. And, and she generally. went back to their encampment in... Yeah, why did well, they not have her She went back to where it was. Mm. But she's good at this stuff, Laura. Okay, she's sorry, good at sorry. She's really You're clever. She could just have a bit of tech waiting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, just you know, like oh, yes. anything. Just they spend a lot of time saying oh, she's not going to stop. She's really clever. She's re-. And again, I, I wonder how much is is lost in editing and things because we have not really seen her being very mm-hmm. clever. Mm-hmm. We've seen her being a bit sinister and kind of murdering some people. Um, remorselessly, and we saw the bit in in the first episode or first episode, but the vaccines, mm-hmm. you know, second episode. Early yes. on, we we saw that she has orchestrated some stuff, and she has a lot of goodwill. Um, you know, she she has good PR, which you know she's young and one assumes good at social media, um, because that's what television always assumes of younger people. Um, you know. Revolutionary TikTok, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Imagine, um, you know. So they're busy kind of TikToking their movement, and it's, and it's all going very well in in that sense. So the PR is good, but they keep telling me they're telling me she's a strategist and she's really skilled and she's really dedicated and she's not going to give up. And she's, and 
I just I don't feel like I'm seeing it. And now she's sort of in New York on a bench. <laughs> just I keep seeing her kind of hanging out on a bench in a graveyard in a and I I just I, I sort of wish they were letting her be a bit more master criminal mm. about it. Or now that they are after all criminals because they murdered people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just um I think there's some very strange choices and I feel like the characters keep having to remind us that she is dangerous and a target and what everyone is focused on because otherwise you could really easily forget she was in it and that's sad and a bit odd um, and by the time Zemo started on it I was just like Good, just get back on your raft just go away and just we are done go yeah I, I think there's a line where um, Bucky and Sam are discussing it on the boat and I think Sam says, I think she's going to double down. And that is the only explanation we get, that she is now willing to kill Sam, to blow up the GRC, I'm guessing, or something horrible of the GRC. And that's quite a... And at the end of the lovely S.H.I.E.L.D. conversation as well, you know, having this meaningful S.H.I.E.L.D. time, it's just, Carla's not going to stop. What? You've taken me out of it, that's, guys. And that's exactly the thing with the writing. Just circling mm. back to your thing uh, earlier as well, Laura, like, scenes can be good. The dialogue has been clunky as anything throughout. It's fairly heavy on with telling us stuff. Um, and, and some of it's, I wonder if Carly would have had more time before whatever changes they had to make, whether through a virus, whether through changes to the schedule, whether through just trying to give other people more time. Um, because we still have a whole thread with Sharon, who's presumably going to be outed as the power broker, because I can't see that she's not now, given she's helping the Flag Smashers. explain what what happened in the Sharon scene? Because I've seen it twice, can't keep it in my head, not sure why. Please explain to me. She's on the phone to Batrock. Who's the guy guy from the the beginning who who Sam is fighting. also turned up at the end and gave the package to to, um, Morgan Thayer. And, um, she is saying, I've got a job for you. He's screaming at her and she says, you'd still be rotting in that Algerian prison if it wasn't for me. Um, and I, I can pay you double this time. So she's clearly deep in with this. Hmm. So I don't know whether she's the leader of the LAF or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, if she isn't the power broker, there's going to be some explaining to do, I think, because they're very much leading us so- down that road. What was he doing when Sam stopped him doing it at the beginning? So that was remember there was um, Captain Van Sant, I think it was, who was the guy on the plane, and Batrock was trying to kidnap him, and that was it was the, for, for the reason, reason that we didn't really know why it was important. Yeah, either way. we we complained about how we didn't yeah. know what the MacGuffin was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just goes up. This is the bit of the MCU. I'm, I'm, if nothing else, enjoying finding the threads of the MCU that just go in and out. <laughs> so yeah. So the idea being because Sam rescued um, Valsam, then um, Batroc didn't get paid. He missed his big payday. And presumably got sent to prison. That could have been a different time, I think. Because why would he be? Because he doesn't get away. Isn't he thrown out of the helicopter and explodes? Well, no. I thought I thought he like kind of flew out of the helicopter in his wings. His um, glide okay. suit type. Okay, thing. and he escaped somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why Algeria would come into it as well, would it? Well, they're yeah, in Tunisia, well, Tunisia aren't they? Now, I suppose, yeah. Which is next to Algeria. Right? Yeah, but I don't. Know. I 
took that. Hard to say on account yeah. of the fact I did actually look it up on a map because there is a screenshot of where all of the attacks or something yes. have been in in Europe and also actually Africa if you look at the map. Um, but just as as a sidebar while we're on that bit, I did discover that I could zoom in on the iPad, which was like I I thought I was doing that thing like a child where I was trying to zoom in on a magazine, and then it actually zoomed out. <laughs> So much would have been a good TikTok. Um, That's where you need to do anyway. your Blade Runner moment. Enhance, enhance, it was, enhance. I was exactly like, you know that I was there <laughs> just saying this is like Blade Runner, but now it was great. Anyway, it was very exciting. Anyway, I was fascinated to note that the UK attack had in fact been in Gloucestershire. Wow. So, I, ju- I just thought, you know, nice for Gloucestershire some, to be included. Some Bristol accounting firm, maybe? No, it's further up. It's it's on the seven, it's this side of the seven, so it's it was very exciting. Um, so do to see that. Do we think then? So you know, Batrock then at the end says that he's there to kill Sam. Is this Batrock going rogue? Is the Sharon instructing him on that? Uh, or you know, is because that's a lot of explaining to do. Is is he lying to the Flag Smashers and saying that's why he's there and he's actually there for another reason? That's quite a turn if you know Sharon is sending Batrock to kill Sam. Why would she do this? <laughs> Which may be more coherent than the reason we get given. Yeah, it's exactly the worry that I don't think they have a reason. I think she is a leader of criminal underworld thing. And Sam didn't come for her. So why should she owe him any loyalty? And... That's what Batrock wants, and she needs Batrock to deliver some weapons. And she also wants the serum? Yeah, I don't think she knows it's gone yet. Hmm. No. But in that case, you know, Sharon's a power broker. What does she want with the serum? To sell? To make an army? To... Any of the above? It's a weapon. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so actually that might be then why she's... So it could be that Batrock is lying about... Yeah, he's giving the reason to the Flag Smashers he's there is because... He wants. That's what he's getting out of the deal. He wants to kill mm. Falcon as revenge. Um, but actually, he's been sent in by Sharon to get closer to the Flag Smashers to try and get the serum back. Mm-hmm. But I think that would make more sense than Sharon sent him in to kill Sam. Okay, Sharon and Sam talked after the serum was smashed. So you've got to imagine he told her. Why would he tell her? No, you would think he would tell her, but we didn't see him telling who, her. We didn't see him telling her, but if you've got to see this information flow, he, he goes, right, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, I need you to track Walker for me and tell me if he makes a move. That's a really good point. Thanks. Yes. Once in April. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Team Matthew. Um, yeah. Then uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually... who knows. Who knows? And and this is the thing. It, there are a lot of threads, and they don't all hang together. And I don't think they're necessary. No, but um, I am spiraling closer and closer to a revenge rewatch every time I see Sharon on screen. And I don't have time for a revenge rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a lot going on. A lot of other things. Laura, you were working through general things. Have we circled uh, from general sorry, things sorry. into uh... big things? Those are all of my general things. Yes. What what else happened that we want to touch on? Uh, I'd like to talk more about uh, the. No, Abby. What would you like to talk about? 
That's okay. You can talk about things. Sorry. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Uh, You're not. I would like to talk about Isaiah and Sam, that scene. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this felt like one of the really good scenes. Uh, where the writing actually was really on point. Yeah. If if the show has done anything right, it's that bit. Mm. It's it's making Bradley the face of the history for a person of colour in America. Mm-hmm. And that treatment. And the reminder of that treatment. And the bitterness that leads to. And I thought it was excellent. And I thought it was earned. And I'm surprised they did it in the MCU. I did not think they'd go this hard on it. And they did. I also thought that there's a lot to be said for giving for presenting the kind of the black view of certain aspects of mm-hmm. things as something that is not monolithic mm. it is a diversity of viewpoints because it comes from a diversity of experiences and characters mm. and i think that too often when you see um points to be made about areas of representation and things and i'm talking about kind of other things that i have more personal experience of you'll see something where it's like you know you'll have two characters who share a background and one of them will tell the other one something and the other one will go oh thanks yes now i understand Mm. and then they adopt that and then they pass that on too and and it it, this makes room for kind of generational Mm -hmm. variety and processing and time and i also really like that sam is very quiet and listens absolutely and that that again is a consistency mm. of his character, um, and you've seen him kind of assimilating these monologues that he's had from various characters all the way through, and you know, still working as and and as he says to Sarah, I'm working on on trying to understand what it all means or, or words to mm. similar effect. Um, so I think everything about how that scene is written, shown, and then handled throughout. I loved, again, that that Sam and Sarah talk about it, that it isn't just this scene that's dropped, that it stays with him and he's staying with it because I I think that that is a very human response to things that, again, characters don't often have in fiction Mm. without it being a kind of, now I'm really upset by this thing or now I must do something based on this thing. You don't see people sitting with things very often and I, I really appreciated that being textual. I loved how human they made Bradley. That he had friends that he wanted. He did the thing that Steve did, going and getting his friends and rescuing them. He had a wife who loved him, and he loved her. And it it just it, it all worked. It's partially because Carl Lumbly is wonderful and gave a terrific performance. Uh, and I think it it worked for. He's not just bitter because he was an experiment. There is a lot going on here. This whole thing, and he makes valid points. Yeah, and I think all of that around, you know, introducing the wife and the letters that were never delivered and and then, yeah, him doing exactly what Steve did and yet him then being branded a criminal because of it, whereas it was actually the thing that made Steve a true hero and actually be mm. taken seriously by the military, by the government when he did it, when he got a medal mm. and what have you. I think, yeah, just all of that enhancing his humanity and this idea that, no, he's not just... You know, as well as being, yes, a super soldier, he was also and is also a man. Mm-hmm. Um, with and and I like that they textually do away with he's not just being a bitter old man, yeah. because the show is aware that we've seen this scene before yeah. where the bitter old man tries to instill a lesson. Yeah. Um, and I like that it is head on at the top of the scene. Yeah, mm. and him then responding, "You'd be bitter as well if you had my experiences." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He is self-aware about it. Yeah. Mm. 
really works. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it's fantastic. There's um a really good article by Richard Newby, and I think it's Hollywood Report, which I'll link to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, I, I, it's really worth um reading, so please do. But there was one sentence from that which really stood out about this whole idea about the fact that they have had this storyline instead of it just being Steve gives Sam the shield, Sam's Captain America. Woohoo, we've got a black Captain mm-hmm. America. And it's mm-hmm. just a sentence where he said, um, we've had a black president, but a black president alone, much like a black cap- Captain America, isn't a solution. Mm. Yeah, and it's not like, actual yeah, change. Absolutely, mm. it's not change. Um, mm. in, its, in and of itself. So, mm. and... If we can have writing at the the quality of this episode or majority of this episode um, going forward, then I would love to see a season two where okay. we, or or, or uh, and or a um, a new Captain America film with Sam, where mm. again it, it isn't at the end of this that he takes the mantle and everything's great. You know, it's it's that there's there's still some I think it's, there's still mm-hmm. something in there that you know is interesting to look at. I don't want him to be just constantly weighed down by racism, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that can can still be explored if the writing is good enough, and as we got in this scene. I, what I, I really like how they, they they don't juxtapose it, but they put up the other argument without it having to be the other argument with his nephews who play it holding the shield and doing stuff yeah and there's a bit where he's holding the shield and the nephew is touching it and there's a real sense of the if you can see it you can be it yeah absolutely and 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 it really comes across that that is a sense he's getting like actually it would mean something to take this i can't just reject it because of its history i can accept it because of its future and i i I liked it i wouldn't i i thought they went into the issue and the discussion on it really well without it being worthy and, and exactly what you're saying just just taking the the show away from being a television show yeah mm. and i you know i was having seen the the trailer which included a lot of the footage from this one i was really curious as to right so how the hell are we going to get sam from where he is thinking about this shield through to actually where he is happy to take it up mm. or willing to take it up and i think I think they, they did it well in this episode. You know, he's, when he says, what would be the point of all the pain and sacrifice if I wasn't wanting to stand up and keep fighting? Yes. Which, mm. my first reaction to that is, yes, absolutely, you've nailed it. And then I was thinking a bit what uh, Abby said before about quite a bit of the dialogue sounding great to start with and you kind of go, wait a second. So, I think it's good, but then I do have a, well... That would kind of depend on who you're fighting for. You know, if you're gonna, if you are gonna become an independent Captain America, then yes, I think that all stands. You know, in the same way that Steve was. Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't sign the accords. If you're gonna become, you know, replace Walker as the government's Captain the America, yeah, yeah, then mm-hmm. you're not really standing up and keeping fighting. Then are you? You are mm. adopting, you know, the regime that that um, damaged Desire so badly. A thing that I haven't picked up on, because I assume I'm not American, mm. and I assume that this is 101 American, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, is Sam's name. And it wasn't until the nephews ran around shouting, Uncle Sam, and I thought, oh, Uncle Sam is a thing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? I'll Google it. Oh, Samuel Wilson. Oh, 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 that's his name. Oh, I see. And, you know, I just, I, I didn't have that in my general knowledge, joined up, connected, at the ready, 
for this. Um, so Uncle Sam is the you know yeah, the like America needs you is apparently so the story goes based on a farmer called uh some a, a meat farmer called Samuel Wilson oh. um who sent meat to the troops in the 1812 war and you know it was like meat from Uncle Sam who became the personification of the American government as Wikipedia wow. told me when I looked it up earlier um so to think about this character textually and referred to explicitly as Samuel mm-hmm. Samuel Wilson uh, the personification of the American government is rather on the nose, as long as you have your references. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And I think that's really interesting because it is almost literally what what you were just coming to, personification I, I, of the American government. I had seen a thing before this started that, it, as a like background of the character, certainly in the comics, he was given nephews so you could get people calling him Uncle Sam. I, I think that was the point of the nephews. It, makes sense now and as soon as they said it i thought right oh Mm. (laughs) but i I guess for many people it would have come a lot more quickly Mm. yeah (laughs) and there's um something i was listening to this week which suddenly made a lot of this you know when we've been talking about the difference in kind of american patriotism and and looking at it from the outside and it all feeling a bit Mm -hmm. i don't know about you guys but it, it always feels a bit creepy the levels to which I, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've already said about this, but when I was younger, I went mm. to um, Connecticut for a month and went to mm-hmm. junior high. It was like an exchange. Um, okay. And every day we did the Pledge of well, we didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance because I was like, no. But everyone stood up and like chanted. It was cult-like. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's no, not to denigrate our um, American cousins, but just the experience, it, it was strange. But I was listening to this, this really good podcast, a BBC podcast called um, You're Dead to Me, which is a kind of comedy history podcast okay. with Greg Jenner. And they've been doing a, um, a series, a mini series within the series about America. And there is one um, called Becoming America, and it's all about how the states, you know, became the United States. Mm. And I'm sure if you're a Hamilton stan, then you probably know this backwards, but I've not really gotten to Hamilton. Um, but <laughs> listening to that, I suddenly was like, well, now I understand why there are flags everywhere because the need for them to express that we are united as as states, you know, we are pledging to this central mm-hmm. thing. Um, because you know they were saying that originally the the states talked as if they they were their own countries. They saw mm. themselves for ten years as their own countries. Um, anyway, so recommend that uh, for any of us European bods who perhaps don't quite get it. But um, yeah, it made a lot more sense to me then. I think I, I first mm-hmm. came across the Pledge of Allegiance in like an episode of Ramona or something, and it, like somebody decides they don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then I would okay. read a lot of American, I guess we'd call it young adult now, um, books, and and it would come up a lot with, with children saying that actually maybe they didn't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance for one reason or another, and it was a hot topic in eighties and nineties yeah. young literature. So I. I haven't seen it discussed so much now. I mean, I, I was going to say, I, I'm not sure it's as common as, as it was. No, it probably isn't. I mean, I was 14 and that was a long time ago. But I even think there was a, there was a vague um, controversy over the fact that we didn't particularly want to say it not being... I don't know. There was something... I think some teachers weren't very happy about the fact that we were mm. like, oh, we're not doing that. Uh, but anyway. Oh, weird. anyway. I mean... I mean, all it rings to is, you know, I went to C of E schools, to be fair, but, you know, the Lord's Prayer burned into me. Yeah, I also refused to do that after a while. But, oh, really? Oh, I was not popular with the dinner ladies, believe me. 
Um, <laughs> we only we only had it on Thursdays, and then we got to listen to Johnny Morris's Animal Stories. So. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone knew the words. It was just like a, a cadence. I think I could, we're not going um, to do one now, but I think I probably could still do it. Most of it off my heart yeah. now, having <laughs> not done it for. Yeah, years. but then there's that whole TikTok for like school hymns that people can remember. <laughs> Just like people banging out stuff of their school hymns. And I must admit that gave me a fun diversion during my coffee break. Right. So anyway, uh, what have we not talked about? I feel like you can tell this when this was filmed by the size of Sam's chest, because <laughs> he is massive at one okay. point in this. And I mean, maybe he's just done like the workout that is being uh-huh. filmed, but gosh, he he scales mm. up the points, um, and and that's just and also while we're here, I really love that training montage. I am a sucker for I a training montage. It was quite a montage. I really, I really like. Oh, it was great. I quite, despite saying how amazing the Isaiah scene is and all that kind of stuff, I'd have been quite happy with just fixing the boat and a training <laughs> montage for an hour. <laughs> Could have watched forty minutes of the, of the Sam Wilson workout. Oh, really, could be. That's got to be a YouTube extra somewhere. Hopefully, his trainer is as kind as Chris Hemsworth. There was a discussion of um, what MCU spin-off shows could we do that are just the 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 people of the MCU doing stuff. So, can we have a, a series that is Sam and Bucky fix up boats? I I would watch that. Yeah, the the, the end of it. The, so the last bit I saw was. Could we get Doctor Strange on the Bake Off so that he can undo time when things are overbaked? <laughs> oh Not enough time. I've got a plan right. for that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, 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 anyone who's into that, let me tell you that MCU Bake Off is thoroughly covered in beloved Ao Three. Okay, it, um, it, it is a whole category. It is. It is very warmly and well done. <laughs> I really liked the training montage, and I think it's good we got it. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I was a bit confused about, and again, this might be because where they're moving things around, is during the conversation with Bucky, which I also want to go into more detail mm-hmm. with, but um, they are casually talking. Sorry, no, they're not casually talking. They're seriously talking, but then they're casually throwing the shield as they're doing it. Sam does that multiple times. He throws it and he catches it perfectly. Later in the episode, he can't seem to throw or catch it at all at the beginning of that um, montage. Even just standing still, not even with doing flips and things. Yeah. So that seemed a little strange. I I had the same thought, but when watching it back, because I was looking out for it when watching it back, I think there was a difference of throwing it and catching it and it's a bit more casual, or I'm trying to represent an under fire situation. Okay. And he's oh, so trying it's like to training, be. Training, yeah. not and just. throwing it harder, being, playing. you know, I'm, I need to take someone else. I'm not just doing, can I hit that tree and get it back? I'm happy to accept that as headcanon. Mm. What I missed, and this is the thing, you know, we've talked about the banter between them and the relationship and so on. I missed any element of competition there. All the way through, I was almost watching for it. The bit where they're, you know, taking the engine apart and undoing stuff. I sort of wanted them to be trying to undo it faster than each other and doing it or <laughs> throwing the shield and like trying to catch it in front of, you know, playing horse with it or something. Yeah. Just given we got it early on and it, it feels natural to these men to have that element of macho bravado thing going on it, it could have been done in such a fun way and it's just missing and it's a shame yeah i think this is because this was meant to be the bonding mm. but i think you could still have well, isn't isn't the point that sam is accepting help in mm. 
in the boat sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is and and that is almost the bond part. So that that's the story is that he's accepting help there. And then I think when when you get to the shield, you know, uh, Bucky has that kind of conversation, and I think that he's trying to be quite respectful, and and I think that he's sort of trying to kind of make room for Sam to to do it his way. Mm. And I think as we've seen, Sam's way is pretty much I'm going to work things through. I'm going to mm. practice, and I I think that I could read that quite positively, actually, if I worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that they didn't fall back to that competition, because that would have been easy. And now you mention it, it, it is odd that it's not mm. there. I, I'd like to think it was a yeah, choice. Yeah, I think because it could have been done to, to add a little bit of levity. In, in the set, you know, when you're walking towards something with someone mm. and you're sort of, who gets to the door first? It, it, it could just have been just a little funny, jokey, and it felt mm. like it should be there, but wasn't. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? But they do have a very in-depth conversation. They have several very in-depth conversations. Um, I had some better conversations. Yes, where they actually talk. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't feel like they've been through anything that would get them to a place of talking. I don't think they actually say anything to resolve stuff. Generally. I thought that... Because the, I, I thought this briefly, and I was worrying that there was going to be word salad. But when Sam says the stuff about you've got to do the work, he's actually thought about what the work looks mm. like and has something to offer. And gives very specific, not quite instructions, mm-hmm. but a strong outline. I think that this is what you need to do. Yeah. And this is what's going to help. What you've been doing is this. No surprise. Not very helpful. Mm. And I think the way he uses the word avenging, when you say avenging yeah. in this mm. universe, it means something. And yeah, he was still trying to act like he always had um, when he was Steve's sidekick. Now we need to be something mm. different. I like that. It was really reminiscent of the Batman and Flash thing in Joss Whedon's version of Justice League, where the Flash is scared of going into the combat situation, and Batman says, "Rescue one person. It's all I need you to do in this situation: go in there, rescue one person, and then see what happens next." And he does like, "Oh, I can get, I can get another person. Oh, I can get another person." Yeah. Hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I really like that conversation. Felt that felt like good writing. The dialogue felt good. What they said meant made mm. sense. <laughs> both at uh, both at first and then when you thought about it um i really <laughs> like the litmus test yeah. for this show clearly it, it really was and, and, and I, I really appreciated when i came back and i was like what was the work i like oh no there were instructions hmm. there was backup. i really like that bucky said i'm sorry steve and i didn't think about what this would mean for you mm. as a black man and, and how could we I I really that yeah that second bit really works for me where he says we didn't think about what it would mean how could we it's it's within the show it works because obviously they're men from the 30s and 40s who then disappeared for much of their lives and came back now so they've missed the civil rights movement and America as it is now but their privilege of white men from New York how could they no way for them to know and understand the lived experience of any person of color in America Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's good, and and we you know hopefully get more of that sort of thing of empathy with other people's situations and putting your world on top of it. Yeah, mm. no, I really like that scene. Um, the GRC mm-hmm. council mm-hmm. sequence—that's mm. what that is, yeah, right? I believe so. So I mean, it's, I mean, two things. Firstly, that really was like let's pop back into sludgy grey MCU world. <laughs> 
Secondly, it was also let's pop into Muse's Time is Running Out video. And I was so ready for the music to kick in because they pretty much do shot for shot. But of course, Muse's Time is Running Out video is pretty much shot for shot, uh, Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> which we're is, actually trying which to is channel. The same, yeah. yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight which, in the war room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I thought that was just like a. That's, that's an example of using the language well, mm. I thought, the language of, of film. Um, and sort of making visual reference and i think panning references to things um that you you may consciously or not consciously yeah. have um and and i think that it adds a very interesting angle to to it so that adds yeah this is not the un council from the end of black panther mm. this is not presented to a group of no. people this is a select committee this is the glorious leader being broadcast on the screen behind them yeah, there's definite definite things there about this is a different sort of thing going on. And I think you know, mm. previously we've talked about um, you know, could there be a resurgence of Hydra or something similar involved with the GRC? But I think with this, it just showed that you don't necessarily need Hydra for things to not be great. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, the the comments um, of look, we've got troops position. Let's just move the people. And then mm. thankfully, some other people saying. Well, we don't have resources set up. We don't, but but that just that, and I think I don't know if it's the first line, but it's something along the lines of, the right people will vote for this. You just kind of go, oh god, well that doesn't sound good, does Ooh. it? No, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, and I think mm. that's that's actually far more interesting than having a hydra or equivalent that is mm-hmm. is causing problems. It's just politics. And I was trying to think of an example where of of something where we've had. Uh, bad guys trying to stop bad guys and good guys who knows mm. <laughs> you know it, it's it has been a complex journey to get to what looks like this kind of final set mm. piece and I just don't know if we know how that's going to play out like it, it, it seems unusual you don't look convinced Yes, it's been complex. I feel like some of the pieces have been pushed together despite not a hundred percent fitting. And yeah, I, and, oh, and I, I think I think agree. we've sort of got the river in the middle, and there's lots of pieces coming off the side that they're not going to connect to. But they said, "Oh, <laughs> oh there's a thing over this house is down this way." <laughs> and I think that that's the thing. Like, like what what do you do with one episode mm. left to smush it all together? And and what is the outcome for the MCU? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to say. <laughs> I guess we'll I, I was about shortly. to start speculating, but we are going to see. And and I don't think this show is necessarily going to have the big consequence stuff of. And there's Wanda, and she's got the book, and possibly evil now. Um, you know, <laughs> that sort of big thing. It's just going to be another piece in play somewhere. Mm. Mm. Do you think we'll have another series of this? I suppose it depends how it ends. But I I think we will either get another series or we'll get a film. What are Bucky and the Winter Soldier in Bucky and the Winter Soldier? God. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's an easy mistake to make when. Oh, you, you mean know. going forward? <laughs> what are Falcon and the Winter Soldier in that's next? coming up? We don't know. In the future? No. We don't no. know. What could they be in next? Armor Wars seems an obvious. I, I, I don't think we get another series of this. I think we get a series called something like Sam Wilson is Captain America. Or Captain America and the White Wolf. 
Y- yes. Yes. No, that's a really <laughs> good shout, actually. That that mm. would be interesting. A, a sort of, you know, another series that's like this, but it's not this series too. No. Where they fix boats and solve crimes. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and the Falcon occasionally, if Torres becomes the Falcon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He just flies around and tells them of a crime that he's seen that they yeah, can go and solve. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, <laughs> See, that show I meant I, I don't know, because this, this series has had such mixed response. Mm. Has it had mixed response? I, I, I Critically, thought, it has. I don't know. Yeah, the, the episode ratings mm. are all up and down. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, if, the, if Marvel know, well, it's because we had this big virus storyline mm-hmm. and so we had to chop and change it. And if it weren't for that, then... Mm. I mean, the characters are still incredibly... Um, popular mm-hmm. uh so and like i said i i think there is so much to chew on even when sam does become captain america uh as i am rather certain it's generated to. some yeah good conversation yeah. in in a way that and might not have. the captain america sh- shield shirt the shirt with the star and the, the shield in it sell a lot around the world yes. like you know at the very least that one item they're not going to want to retire no mm. um Oh, there's something I remembered when we were talking about what's in the box and talking about the shield the is box? if you you know the shield isn't identical to the shield that Steve had before. Have we talked about that? Mm. That it looks different. Okay. It's got notches no. on. Okay, so it looks identical to. Sorry, it, it is the shield that old Cap gave to Sam, but okay. it doesn't look like the shield that Steve has had in previous films and, and earlier in Endgame. There's these notches on it now. Um, mm, I'll see if okay. I can find an image comparing the two and mm. put it into the into the show notes. Now those notches look like they might do something. So I'm wondering if there's something in the box that when you attach it, it does something. Okay. I don't know what, but mm. something falcony. Something falcony. Um. So is the shield that old Cap gives Sam not the shield that Steve gives? Nope. That Tony gives Steve earlier in Endgame. Or it doesn't look like it. Oh, interesting. Okay. But also, that shield was ripped to bits by uh, Thanos anyway. Oh, that's fair. That is very, very fair. So this yes. shield has, has had to come from somewhere okay. else in the timeline, yep. or I don't know. Yep. But it does, it does look... another dimension. Potentially. Maybe it's mm. the first sign of the multiverse. So, yeah. Okay. Be inter- I mean, it might be. It's just a slightly different design, but uh, something there. Yeah. Can we talk about Zemo? Can we? Yeah, I, I was going to say we haven't talked about him. I think I did briefly. Well, you, you mentioned him as a you know side thing, but we haven't actually talked about him. Because he's in this episode briefly. Yeah. And I'm taking it that that's him for this show. What, what's your guys' thoughts on that? It, it would be quite a thing to, in this show, throw away. He can defeat the Dora Milaje, escape from the Wakandans, or escape from the Raft. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bigger plot somewhere else. It feels like we are dotting our villains around. Hmm. Yeah, so to me this feels like we are keeping him, yeah, and particularly the fact he's going to the raft and he's not going back to the Wakandans. Well, mm-hmm. We know how easy it is to escape from the raft. People seem to be doing that all the time. Yeah. Um. So it's so he can be brought back in again at some point, but I think that's, I don't know, future season this mm. or, or something else. But it just completely doubles down then on what we were saying last time about this being a really weird use of Zemo. Really weird. Yeah, you know, if he's now not the power broker, he's not, you know, whatever it might be that he would have mm-hmm. been. 
Um, and he's not tried to kill Bucky because Bucky's a super soldier. You know, it just... And then, particularly when I was doing this rewatch, the purple mask, which I think you mentioned last week, Matthew, he literally then, in this entire series, has put it on once in order to blow something up when he didn't need anonymity. There was no reason uh, for it. And then he takes it off. He takes it off and that's it. <laughs> it's so weird. I was it's really such a expecting toy. it to it's come... It's a toy seller. I was yeah. expecting it to come up again. Mm. You know, that he was going to use it at least one more time to sort of justify that. I feel like that's this show's stunt casting, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it like this does not feel at times like a show that should have an audience mm. that want to buy the toys because there's been a bit more swearing, the action and some of the politics has been a bit heavier on than the eight to fourteen market that it might be. Yeah, but I, I kind of thought that about Iron Man too, and it didn't stop them. But also, um, it's a necessary an age limit on when Marvel fans will buy toys. Mm. Even if that is a really good point. More expensive versions of the toys. We're assuming that, um, that yes. children buy yes. toys as opposed to <laughs> anyone else. But so mm. I was, and then when I was doing this rewatch, I was thinking, right. So what has Zemo actually done? <laughs> well, what a good question. So he took them to Madripoor mm. um, to meet Shelby, uh, and that got them the Nagel name at least and potentially would have actually get, gotten the introduction if it wasn't for Shelby being killed uh, he found the location of the memorial but that wasn't through any special, that was through his Turkish Delight supply which I'm sure there was another way to find that out um, mm. and he provided travel and accommodation <laughs> I don't think that's enough of a reason to have him in the show no. I've loved no, having him in the show ways. But, but but we shouldn't have loved having him in the show no. because you shouldn't have a quirky villain popping up and being quirky when you already have your quirky protagonists. I mean, he's not even the villain. No. He's he's there to... And, and to be fair, some of the discussions about supremacy and the mm-hmm. super soldier serum and some of the, you know, the, the world stuff have been pretty good. Is it because but they needed he... a European person on their side to make those points? Possibly. But I, I would have really appreciated it had there been a Hannibal Lecter thing. Them going and visiting him and yeah. doing this rather than break him out and have whiskey and biscuits. Did Sokovia just like... Well, also, I didn't think Sokovia that. existed anymore. Well, there is a memorial to where the city was, presumably. Yeah, I know, but that would have been... Um, they said that Sokovia, the bits had been claimed by other company, uh, other hmm. countries. Anyway. Uh, yeah, well, he's got his jet and his... Um, is Alfred, isn't he? So, yeah. But like, you know, he had people after him in hot pursuit. Well, do you know what? He probably put his mask on, and then they couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> Even the adorable Lash can't get through a purple mask. Yeah. Um, I did think. Okay, so the thing I liked best about this episode is what's nice about it is that it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did like them mm. best. I did think Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are exceptional actors and what they do exceptionally well is look a certain way whilst being quiet. <laughs> and they did so much of it. There was so much where I didn't have to worry about what they were saying and I could just look at their faces and imagine better dialogue and <laughs> excellent monologues and you know really feel what the characters were doing because they, they are good at their jobs. And it was quiet and it was beautiful. It was interesting. And I was really grateful for the amount of time I got to just look at them and watch the acting and, and be with the characters doing the things. 
But speaking of the Zemo thing, the one thing I did like was when it was really set up to suggest that Zemo felt maybe actually it's better just to get shot here and now, and maybe that's what I was expecting. And it was set out as if that that was kind of, he was happy for that to be an end to his story. And I thought that was quite interesting. Um, Which, on the one hand, makes sense, because at the end of Civil War, that was his entire plan. Yeah, he was going to end his life, and then um, and then uh, Black Panther intervened and stopped that. However, his mission is not over. There are still super soldiers out there, and given this mm. was his big mission. Oh, I mean, he does. He does rem- remind Bucky that Carl is still out there. Yeah. yeah. You know, very important. Cause she's very bad. And so, if this um, is if this is such a threat, I would think he would still want to be doing something about it. Because he's clearly gone to the Sokovian um, monument. Is the right word? Memorial. Thank you. He's clearly gone to the Sokovian memorial in order to meet up with Bucky there, or knowing that Bucky was going mm. to come to him, as he said. You know, you took longer than I was expecting. I keep forgetting the pep talk that he gives Bucky about how he's going to have to kill Morgenthau, and I keep forgetting it because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone explain that to me. What did you think of of that kind of... It it felt like... I mean, maybe that's the point. It felt like the kind of speech that people are used to giving this kind of thing, and and you know what you're going to have to do. Mm. And our hero says, oh, I don't have to be that person anymore. Mm. Is that what that was, or...? I think so, particularly with Bucky's Mm. history. Mm -hmm. I thought it was all a little... He was a little melodramatic, Bucky the character... With the gun, and then the uh, and the safety's off, and then whatever the other thing you do with a gun is before you then shoot them, and then the, the he left the bullets on the floor. of the bullets, and, and then he dropped some bullets at a memorial to people who were, mm. yeah, mm. classy, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I, d- I didn't necessarily love kind of the way it played out, but yeah. I thought from a Zemo perspective, it was interesting. Mm. And I don't know whether that means that once more he is ripe for imprisoning for a long period of time. Well, yeah, um, yes, he's ripe for imprisoning for everything he did before and because they released him and he's killed a person, if not several people, mm. and caused mayhem because they let him out. For some reason. And I think we're supposed to overlook that because the person he killed was the bad man who made the super soldier serum. Well... Clearly the authorities seem to be overlooking this as well. Well, exactly. Like, and you think there'd be a question, and then when they turn and said, "Okay, so what did you achieve by doing this that might mitigate the fact you did it?" What I've just talked about is he was their travel agent. Yeah. And he helped, you know, the initial connection, which he really should have then been sent to prison, back to prison after yeah. that. Which I know that's Again, what they're doing now. It, but... If they were trying to make civil war an important thing, they haven't worked because mm. he's in civil war, and I could have missed him there. So. Um. You know. I suppose now as well, we haven't really helped the case of you Americans coming over here freeing criminals and leaving. Mm. <laughs> that's that's a weird thing to just kind of let fly. So, again, it's possible that some things will be tied up. And I, again, I think a thing I liked about this episode was it did take a good, I felt, double handful of things that we have mentioned over the last mm. five weeks and, and do something mm. with them. And, so and Loris, you said they did say, like, episode five has all and come together. Yeah. 
I wish it had come together in episode one and taken me with it, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to think about that a lot, I think, on the on the road to next week. I have one last thing to say, mm-hmm. which is Wyatt Russell has never seen more like Kurt Russell than he did in that courtroom sequence. Really? He sounded identical to him shouting at them. It was really weird, like, just how much the mannerisms were there. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. Worth watching for. Like, I'm not familiar mm. enough with, really, with the... His dad, to know. Because like, I've seen Wyatt Russell in, the, in a couple of things, but more sort of dramatic dr- than the sort of action comedy that Kurt Russell would have done. So uh, that's that's the first time it's like, Just oh yeah, probably... I could see Kurt Russell with a you know, military uniform on shouting at people higher up. Yeah, <laughs> Private Benjamin, it could have worked. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, go and watch Overboard. Probably. Okay. I'll add that to my very long list. As... Yeah, do. I think we do need to give the MCU credit for something we did talk about in the last episode was mm-hmm. um, whether they would do anything other than just government spin and cover up. Mm-hmm. They did. They went a different way, mm-hmm. um, and we weren't expecting that um, no. from our conversation no, last absolutely. week. And they really went in on it. Mm. Uh, and I thought, I thought that scene was was done well. I mean, I've, I've been mm. really impressed by White Russell's acting throughout. But um, I think that whole thing, you know, of the senator saying this this isn't a negotiation, and yeah. then him losing his rag again. Mm-hmm. But whilst constantly pointing out though that that every the way he handles everything is what he's been taught because what he is is an instrument, and Absolutely. I think there's a really interesting parallel between Steve as an instrument who was chemically manipulated, mm. and his, um. Experiences and training, mm. you know, you don't need a, a serum to have all these elements in you. You know, no. he's he's been built by no. humans, which is always slightly more frightening. I Absolutely. think, isn't it? I think you could have had exactly the same scene without him having a t- having taken the serum. Absolutely, and I don't think that's that scene was was intended to to be particularly changed. Mm. No, by the fact. Yeah, it's just you built me, and I think there's. there's mm. I'm not quite sure where I'm at the stage where I have sympathy for him, but I, yeah, I can see. But, it, where uh, he's but it, I from. think he's right. I think it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be okay. But I think that for, you know, we talked to, again in the first episode about sort of Marvel's relationship with the military and and how it can be a bit uncomfortable. So to see it take that to task and have mm. it be a plot point. I have to say, from from episode one, as I'm sure you recall, if you've just listened back to it, how did you manage this? Um, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't see that coming. I certainly didn't see that coming. And I didn't expect to see them tackle not just things like, like PTSD and, and dealing with having to do terrible things in in the name of your job, but the idea of being built as somebody who does not always make good or human choices somebody who mm. needs to face consequences somebody who does the wrong thing mm. whether or not it's for the right reason i just i thought that 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 sequence was very interesting and it sort of made me wish i understood a little bit more about things like court marshalling and you know discharges yeah. without without honor and i was like well that's not dishonorable discharges yeah. i know that's something mm. <laughs> it's just like I, I just sort of i don't know again if this is general knowledge or if it's you know just something it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they have to do any work 
in turning him into a villain to separate him from what the military made him because otherwise they are making a thing of this person who came through the military complex and was then was given this responsibility shouldn't have been and isn't the right person for it over and above oh he's unhinged and the serum has made him into something different so whether they do that thing on it i think what would be useful is if they do we have some some uh, reminders that it's not that the serum necessarily makes you unhinged it's that it enhances what you are hmm. so again Back to my rewatch. Um, there weren't many new things that I picked up from it, to be honest. Um, but one of them was in episode two when they're in the locker room when we first see Walker and Lamar's giving him the pep talk. Mm. One thing I've missed before is um, when he says, this suit comes with expectations, he then says, you can't just punch your way out of problems anymore. Mm, he does, doesn't he? Not anymore. I thought, well, that's interesting. Mm. You, know, this, you know, the idea that this is someone who has a bit of an anger issue to start with. Because mm-hmm. I wonder with with the scene with Lamar's family, mm-hmm. and I assume Lamar's sister, yes. who is not buying it, not buying it, mm-hmm. I, I no. either not buying it or not giving anything, you mm-hmm. know, not rewarding him for coming and yeah, and and doing this, which is you know, an absolutely valid response to have in in any such scenario. But I, you know, I was talking about why she might have this particular reaction and wondering, you know, did she know him before? Does she know things about him mm. that that lead her to other conclusions about what might have happened or just to think, you know, if it wasn't for you, my brother would not have been involved. I just, I, I thought that that added a really interesting layer mm. to that scene. Mm. Okay. There's a lot. We've picked through a lot. A- anything else before we wrap it up? I did like this episode and I'm glad they made this show. Ooh, okay, I'm I'm still waiting for the end to be able to answer because someone did ask, ask I think on episode one like hey is it worth watching and at the moment <laughs> I'm going to maybe it's going to be worth binging but yeah I reserve the right to retract whether or not mm. I like the show based on <laughs> like how it ends yeah but still, for still, now still on the fence about it yeah <laughs> the more I think about it, the more delighted I am by this episode just because I'm thinking about what it was before. And what it could have continued to be. Yeah, yeah. We better now get the same for the finale. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to, having shown us what it could be, it's going to be very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but at least we're always going to have an answer for what show would you like to see remade properly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Some just small things in my notes. Whenever they say serum, I always think, why can't it be a nice facial serum? So instead of it being injected, that you just like apply, mm. you know, at the right time, at the right time, and you know, you get smooth circles around. Yeah, Could it just both be a bath super bomb? strength and great skin. <laughs> Imagine if you took that, you still had eczema. What a jib. <laughs> um, Sarah and Bucky, I ship it. I'm happy to see it. <laughs> yes, I ship Love it. That. Be quiet, Sam. Leave them be. Yeah. Um, and what was rather lovely about that is, after having seen him on the date with Leah, where he clearly didn't know what he was doing, or, or you know, wasn't sure how to handle it, um, mm. that was absolutely Bucky from the first Avenger. Absolutely. When you see him yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. You know, charming smile and, and didn't have to say anything other than, than hi, Bucky. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, because he, he still looks the way he looks. Yeah. 
and and in this episode, certainly the bit with Zemo, looks more like Richard Madden than Sebastian Stan has ever looked. Yeah, he does, that's true. <laughs> Interesting, we're getting Richard Madden and uh, Eternals, aren't we? Oh, we are. Oh, we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we might get oh, them on screen together. <laughs> That'd be great. Brilliant. That'd be great. Uh, and yeah, I I don't I think I've said to you guys, but I haven't said on the pod. I have now succumbed to the um, Bucky internet boyfriend. Well, Seb- <laughs> no, sorry, not Bucky. Sebastian Stan internet boyfriend. Yeah. It, really? it hit me quite badly. Yeah. Oh no. Well, at least there's plenty of content. <sighs> yeah. 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 There's a lot to catch up with. And my final thing, again, is another Bucky thing. The little thing when he's um, doing the knife moves with the tool, when he sat on the boat, I like. Yeah. How, cool. how many cute. ways could I kill a man with this weapon, yes. with this tool? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, because we see him doing the cool knife flips and what have you, and I just thought, yeah, mm. that's a nice little callback. That was a lot. This this episode was a lot, but it was it was a good, solid episode. So I'm, I'm living in hope for what comes next, I think. I want to see Captain America Sam looking good and some, you know, interesting. Like they wouldn't have hidden that outfit if it wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah. So, so I'm hopeful for what's going to come there, and I, I don't know what the resolution is going to be, but I think it's going to be, you know, rah yay, the good good guys win. There's a good chance that's coming. So, oh, we've asked for a lot during this. Supernatural fans, people like Sebastian <laughs> Stan, people like all sorts of things. Do do hit us up. We're on Twitter uh, and Facebook and everywhere. We are at Eloquent Gushing. Abby, where can people find you? At uh, this AE Shaw. And Laura. I am at Laura Geeks Out. So do hit us up and make sure to join us next week for the final episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Marvellous.